Hi, you're listening to Permission to Be Honest, a safe environment to have difficult conversations in a lighthearted way. I'm Kara, and I'm Ricky, and we're your hosts. This is a space that allows for curiosity and questioning when it comes to controversial topics. This is your Permission to Be Honest. Okay. Police brutality. Wow. You're really jumping in there on this one. Let's talk about it. Um, I want to first ask you, what was your view on police officers growing up? What were you taught? What did you, let's first, let's go with what you were, what were you taught? Uh, I was, it definitely wasn't a situation where like, I felt like the police worked for us. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't like I, I, we feared the police in your community. Yeah. Yeah. You, and it, it wasn't it wasn't like we were bad kids or we were always doing something bad we i i just had a natural fear to, of the police now i did know certain police officers like when i was in high school there were police officers at our school and they were nice and you know we we knew them and we had a relationship with them um we had you know police officers would come to the schools and talk and stuff like that and, and you saw a police officers around the community that you knew personally and they knew you or they knew somebody in my family or something. So those those guys were were nice. But uh as a whole mm-hmm. growing up I had a very uh big fear of the police, especially the non-Detroit police. Oh. And when you start going out to the suburbs and stuff, that's when That's when you really had a fear of the yeah, police. Yeah. Now, did your parents sit you down? and talk to you about the police or was this something that you just like inherently knew from your community? I think it was something it just, just picked up on and like, yeah, my mom never only like, like if like in high school, if we played in the suburbs or if we were doing something where we went outside of Detroit and it was yeah. just me and my friends, like then we would get to talk like, Hey, like, you know, watch out for the police, yeah. you know, make sure you guys are doing this and that. And but we didn't get those same talks when we were if I was staying in Detroit in the city. Yeah, in the city. It wasn't like that. But once we went out to the suburbs, like say if we just went to the mall, all our malls were in the suburbs. So once we went out to the malls and stuff, then we got the talks like, hey, okay, you know, this is what you look out for. Make sure you you guys are doing this and that. Okay. Now, what what has your experience been with the police? Now my experience has been something different. I've personally I've never had a a bad run in with the police. Mm-hmm. I haven't had too many of them. I think I got pulled over once. You had too many run ins in general. Yeah, I've never I've been pulled over once, maybe by myself. Uh, you know, sometimes with the, when you go to Canada, especially after nine eleven, with the border police, mm-hmm. sometimes like some stuff with that, but. Just, just like extra checking, but nothing, nothing too serious. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I haven't had a negative reaction uh, experience with the police, but I know people who have, and mm-hmm. that's kind of shaped my view mm-hmm. of of police officers. Mm-hmm. Crazy, because I grew up with a white family. Yeah. And grew up mm-hmm. in the suburbs, in a very white community, mm-hmm. and my experience my view of the police growing up was always that the police were there for me. 
the police were there to help me. Yeah. Um, I've never had this fear of the police. That's crazy. And it, yeah, it was always like, oh no. I mean, I, I don't want to say like the police work for you, but like they're public servants, right? right? Like right. they're here to help you. Right. Like that's their job. Um, and I remember even in high school, we would have friends from the city mm-hmm. that would come to visit us. Like we'd meet them at track meets or whatever, and they would come visit us. Yeah. And they were always concerned. Yeah. Driving in Blue Springs. Right. Because, like, oh, I don't want to be here too late. I don't want to, you know. Yeah, because you do get the issues with like racial profiling where it's mm-hmm. like, hey, like you look different. What are you doing here? Yeah. And I think you, for me personally, I'm a very non-confrontational person. So I just want to avoid <laughs> those things very, at yes. all costs. So it was always like, I was always like watching the time or making sure where I, where I was and, yeah. and just saying, okay, like, let me get back to the city. Like it's getting late. And I have been pulled over <laughs> numerous times. Man. I think you've been pulled over more with me driving. The very, one of the very few times I met you, you were taking me to class, me and Wes. Uh-huh. And you were speeding down Rock Quarry. Yeah. And we got pulled over. And I was, like, so scared. You were so scared? I was, like, because I didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen. I was like, we're speeding. Yeah. Like, I was actually doing something yeah. I wasn't supposed to be doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. we're speeding. I don't know how this is going to go down. And, like, you were just like, all right, I got a ticket. Yeah. And, like. Yeah, like, not a big yeah, deal. Yeah, not a big deal at all. You were like, like, usually people, like, fight it or, like. Yeah. Or, I don't know. Like, you didn't even try to get out of it or anything. You were like, yeah, I got yeah. caught up with speeding. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if yeah. I'm going to speed, then I have to be willing to accept the consequences. And, and I was just like, what is this? <laughs> What is this? What is this? So very, very different views of police officers growing up. Yeah. Now, we live in Germany. Do you have that same... Okay, first of all, when we're in America, you have that same fear of the police. I 100%... You're terrified. Especially now. Especially now. Like, when you're home and you're driving, Yeah. you're terrified to get pulled over. But yeah, because I feel like I'm a black man in, yeah. in, in suburbia. It's a very real fear for you. Yeah. It's not based on experience. It's not based on experience, but, but it's, it's based on... it's a very on... real fear. Just to be completely transparent here, you're nervous in our own neighborhood. <laughs> you're going to put me on blast like that? <laughs> I am. But it, I don't know. Like I, I am. Like, like Remember, what was it, a couple of years ago, the power went out. Yeah. And we didn't have our keys. And so I kept going back to the house to check to see if the, the power was on. on. I can so op- we go through the garage. Out of our house yeah. Because we don't, we always just go through our garage. Yeah. And so. And when the power is out, we, we can open, open the garage. garage doors. Yeah. And so we had no way to get into our house. And then I kept checking and I'm like, man. And it was like, late at night. Yeah. I'm like, somebody's going to ride by. And, yeah. but even not like, especially in a neighborhood, I was more worried about the other neighbors. Because we don't, we don't live there. Yeah, we're not there for the majority of the year. Yeah, we're only there in the summers. And at that time, we were one of the few black yeah, people in the, neighborhood. in the neighborhood. Yeah, and then people, if you were new to the neighborhood, you didn't know that we lived there. Yeah. And so I'd be like, man, like somebody's going to call the police. And I'm going to have to explain. And I'm like, I play these scenarios in my head. Like, what am I going to say? Like, yeah. 
<laughs> do I have a picture on my phone of my house or whatever yeah, and stuff like, like that? This is in your this is your own house that yeah. you own. You bought this house. I mean, even at night, you're worried about like walking around outside. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, because you don't want someone to call the police. Yes, because, but this is all like. Obviously, I, I understand it's me. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm creating a story around it. But right. it's like on our neighborhood Facebook thing. It's like, oh, this this car is this car. Yeah, I don't yeah, recognize yeah. this car, yeah. which which I get. Yeah. But it's like okay, like what if somebody's like, I don't recognize this. You're you're just this black person. Come. Yeah, and then I gotta explain, and and I feel like in my head it won't be like, oh hey, like can you explain this or that? It's like I feel like it's gonna be like a. A heated confrontation already yeah. yeah and so like i'm just i just because i'm you're legitimately terrified yeah because i'm not in confrontation i, I just want to yeah. avoid it at all costs funny remember when we were driving with granny mm-hmm. so to set the scene it's me and my grandma in the front seat i'm driving ricky's in the back with our kids of our car and the the windows in the back are tinted mm-hmm. so people can't see and we pull up to a stoplight getting off the highway next to a police car i remember this we're just driving we had done nothing wrong we pull up next to a police car and um side note our license plates in america say paulding on them and they're like mizzou from where we went to college Mm -hmm. and and to be honest part of the reason is because of profiling right and you don't want that. Yeah. Right? And you get to play back on the athlete card. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like, to be honest, like, that is part of the reason why we have the license plates like that. And so we pull up to the stoplight and the police officers keep looking over and you were getting so scared. And now this is me driving yeah. and my, like, 75-year-old white grandma in yeah. the front seat. And you, they couldn't even see you in the back seat, but you were getting so nervous. Like, why do they keep looking over? I hadn't even noticed that they were looking over. Oh, you always notice <laughs> when, the, when the cop is next to you. Like, for you sure. automatically go on heightened alert. Yeah. And they kept looking over, kept looking over, and then eventually they asked me to roll down my window. And so I rolled down my window, and you're, like, flipping out. Like, I mean, you're not, like, I'm you're not, like yeah. visibly nervous yeah. in the back seat. And they were, like, do you have Ricky in there? <laughs> like, yeah. How do they know my name? <laughs> they're like, oh, we're big fans. And then like, I roll down the window. And yeah, you like, roll hey, my hey. window down. I rolled Rick's yeah. window down for him. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, he's right here. And they're like, oh, hey, like we yeah. loved watching you play or whatever. So the truth is your experiences don't add up don't, to, no, to, to my fear I have. Yeah, but I, I think I feel like like it's only a matter of time. Like I've oh, like you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah, like it's been like okay, like I've been so lucky. Like how, like it's only a matter of time I'm where skirting. where where I have one of these interactions, and not even not even like a a heated one, just like a racial profiling one. Just yeah. like you look like someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like you know how like where we live on Seventh Highway the police there the watch the speed sometimes yeah. and like if it's like night i'm like man i know they're gonna they're i know they're gonna stop me you and i'm just and i'm just you. like man like but and why i'm are you even putting that out in the universe you just see the lights and they automatically like i'm like okay 
Even though I'm on this, I'm on one side, and then on the other side, I'm I'm looking out the mirror and saying, okay, like, is he about to turn? Is he about to? Is he about to follow me? And then, like, if I can make the turn into our subdivision, yeah, yeah. then I'm like, okay, you're I, safe. I dodged. Oh, that's crazy. I lived another day. Okay, now here in Germany. Oh, you don't I'll have even, the same fear of police officers. No, not at all. Is that not wild? at all? Yeah. Is this the first time in your life? Was yeah. Europe the first time in your life where you did not yeah. fear the police? Even when we were in Israel and they had, they literally had the military like at everywhere. the malls and everywhere yeah. and they had their big uh, assault rifles and stuff. Yeah. And I, I had no fear. I didn't think that they were going to, I think maybe because they, I feel like they knew that I was there for basketball. They yeah. knew that I was American. Yeah. And yeah, but here also, but you don't, I mean, I think there are instances where, you know, like foreigners do have inter, uh, negative interactions with police here, but, Absolutely. you know, we don't hear it or but you, it's you not as, it's not a, a negative interaction, but you're not necessarily worried you're going to be shot. No. That's the difference. Yeah. I think. I mean, there are obviously unfortunate incidences, which I was not aware of. We went to yeah. a protest last year. And they were reading off all of the different ones that mm-hmm. had happened. I want to say in Niedersachsen or maybe in Germany. But I think racial profiling absolutely occurs here. I mean, we're not privy to everything because, yeah. A, we, we, don't, we don't watch the news. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know a lot of what's going on. And we don't see, like, you're not a normal black guy here. Right. You know, yeah. we see everyone's best face. Right. And so it's not an accurate perception i would say um but that being said even if there are negative instances that go down you don't worry about being shot no not at all even if i got pulled over in the city like i just be even if you were doing something wrong yeah you wouldn't i'd be more worried like okay like do i have my do i know where to find my insurance or like do i have or we're like, okay, like I'll just call somebody from the team or something. Yeah, yeah. But it's never a a fear, a fear for, for my, my life, life kind of thing, or never even like a. It's it's more annoying. Like, oh man, like I got pulled over. I gotta talk to them or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it's not like it is in the in the U.S. Not like it is. Mm-hmm. But I also, I think after like talking to you, I I do realize that it's uh like a story I'm creating. Yeah, and, and my, I mean, I don't know. Like that's what we go back and forth with. We're like. Is it an unfounded fear or is it a legitimate fear? Because, I mean, the stories are true. The incidences happen. Like, that is a reality. Right. But we always talk about, like, yes, that is a reality. It's not necessarily our reality. Right. It hasn't been our reality. It hasn't been our reality. And so why are we joining that reality? Right. And I think it's like this back and forth where it's like, I want to have compassion for that reality without joining it, mm-hmm. without making it my own, because I never want to move from a place of fear. Like we've talked about this now with Trey, who's right. 13 and tall and black. Well, that's what I'm going to say. I think it got, it got real for me with Trayvon uh, Martin. Yeah. When he was a kid. Yeah. And you see Trey, who's six feet, yeah. 13. And 13. I'm like, man, like. And we and then and, and for so many years we're like we're gonna have to talk to him. Yeah, like, we're gonna have to tell him you have to fear the police. You have to be right. This, you have to do this. But it just something about it didn't set well with me. Yeah, 
Um, and I think we got to a place where it was like, we don't want to teach our children to move from a place of fear. Right. We want to always teach them to move from a place of love. Right. And, um, you know, we'll teach them that you have to be responsible for your actions. You have to make wise decisions, mm -hmm. but we're not going to blatantly teach them to fear. Right. When we, we don't even have any foundation for that. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, they know what's going on in the media. Obviously Trey does like he knows. Right. Um, and we talk Floyd, about it. I yeah. It was the first one that really hit home yeah. for him. Yeah. And we talk about it, but we've had to make a very, conscious decision to to show how that is not our reality and mm. that doesn't take away from the fact that it does happen right yeah and we want to acknowledge that we don't want to bypass that mm. but at the same time because i think it's so easy to join a story out of fear right right like i read about this hispanic boy that was 13 that was shot and killed mm. by the chicago police department right he had a gun. He had dropped his gun. His hands were up. He was shot and killed. My first immediate reaction was, oh my God, that could be my son. Right. Right? Yeah. 13. Brown. That could easily be my son. Yeah. And then I had to step back and think, wait, my son's asleep in his bed in Germany. Mm -hmm. that, that can't be my son. Right. Actually, that can't be my son. Yeah. I know where my son is. My son has never seen a gun. My son has never touched a gun. I've talked to my son about guns. Like, that's not to take away from, you know, this little boy's experience right. and situation and not to bypass it, but also, like, that's not healthy for me to join that story out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like if, uh, like, having a fear of earthquakes, but I don't live in California, so it's like... You know, like that—that that is definitely somebody's uh, reality. Yeah. But it's not necessarily my reality. Yeah. And, and and also that's okay because I yeah. found that both of us after George Floyd, both of us almost feeling guilty that that wasn't our reality. Right. Yeah. Like really struggling with. Yeah. I want to hold space for that, but I don't want to necessarily get in arguments with everyone i see over it mm -hmm. or you know like i don't i don't want to be um upset like obsessive about it right but also we both had this moment where we felt really guilty yeah like we should be doing all of this this is our community this is you know and i think definitely when you saw all the protests and um even though they eventually had protests here, but it, you know, it was going on, going on everywhere in the United States yeah. and just feel like we were missing out or, or like George Floyd was like the, the pinnacle, like, okay, yeah. like this is, this is enough now. Yeah. And just feeling like helpless, like what can we do? Or just feeling like guilty because like you said, like that wasn't our reality, but it is the reality of so many people, even people that we know and a community that we are part of and just not, just not knowing what to do, not knowing how yeah. to, how to help or how to how be. How to help and yeah. how to, how to hold space for them. But at the same time, I personally, I didn't love the tone of like all police are bad. Right. Cause I don't, I don't believe that. Right. And I, I think that, 
especially as a mixed person, I always have this <laughs> inner dialogue that on every subject, I'm either going to relate more with the white side or more with the black side. Like that's, there mm-hmm. are rare subjects where it's only mixed people, right? R- right. Like it's always black or white. Right. On every subject I relate more with the black side or more with the white side. However, regardless of which side I'm relating to, I can still 100% understand why the other side feels the way they do. Right. And so it's always this thing where, um, where, which is funny because for the majority of my life, like I'm a very like, there's a right way and a wrong right, way, you right. know? But on these instances, I don't have that. I don't have like one side's right and one side's wrong. One side's good, one side's bad. Right. I'm always like, yeah, but I can, I can see where, why they feel this way. Yeah. Um, and I think that I truly believe, now, obviously, there are those cops that are really bad. Right. And there of are course. very racist cops. Yeah. And they're like 100% believe that that is the case. Yeah. They are out there. I do not believe that every cop that's killed a black person fits that description. Right. I truly believe that so often they're scared and they panic. Hmm. Now, that's not excuse. That's not, no, yeah, it's not an excuse at all. It's not excusing it at all. Um, I think that they didn't do their homework. Like, they didn't do. My belief is that if you are going to choose, to go into a profession, because this is your choice. You mm-hmm. don't have to go into this profession. If you're going to choose to go into a profession where you are responsible for protecting the entirety of the population, then you need to make sure that you are comfortable with every member of that population. Right, right. right. Like you need to um, check yourself and think like, okay, if the only time I come into contact with minorities is at work. So either they're cops next to me mm-hmm. or they're suspects in front of me. If right. that's the only time I come into contact with, with this group of people, then I got to do some work. Mm-hmm. Because until a police officer can put the face of a friend, of a family member, of someone they know and love on the face of that, on the body of that suspect, right. Then they are gonna panic, yeah, because they just it comes down to exposure again. Mm-hmm. They haven't had exposure to this community, right? And so the only time they've seen them are when they're criminals or when they're working with them. And the person standing in front of them doesn't have a uniform on, mm-hmm. so automatically their mind, like we talked about last time, their mind puts them in the criminal box, right? Right. And I think so many of these officers, like, um, I remember we saw what is that, um. Difficult conversations with a black man, or what oh, is yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Uncomfortable, uncomfortable conversation. Uncomfortable conversations yeah. with a black man, and he asked. He had a group of police officers mm-hmm. up there, and he asked them, like, "When's the last time you had a black person over to your house to eat?" Right. And all of them, yeah, they could not. Ne- they had never had a black person to their house to eat, which means that they had never had a black friend, like a true black friend, um, a true friend, right? That was black. Yeah. Where do you invite them over, like. And I'm always thinking about that, even with a lot of my good friends who aren't police officers. But when you even just look at their social media feeds, they don't. Yeah, they don't have interaction people. with black people. Yeah, there's no interaction with black people. Mm-hmm. And it always amazes me because when I go through all of my best friends, it's literally like white, black, Mexican, Indian. I mean, it runs yeah, the yeah. gamut. Right. 
Um, so I feel like these officers, it is their duty to make sure they're comfortable with the minority population yeah. that they're there to protect. I think even it's the responsibility of the the police department the department yeah, to like kind of to almost require it yeah to yeah to have some kind of i don't know like you put these officers in like you said in situations they don't know and yeah. i mean it's natural to have if you put me in a cage full of snakes or something yeah. and i don't i don't know how to handle them i don't know you panic. I panic, yeah. yeah. All, all I know is, okay, this snake has this much venom. and yeah. All this, you know is what All I know heard. what I've heard or yeah. what I've seen on TV. And, and so um, I think it's probably the responsibility of the police to kind of make, kind of fit that in training or yeah. somehow. I don't, you know, obviously I don't know. I don't have the answers, but um, yeah. And I, I think also the the culture of the police where it's kind of like um, good old boy yeah kind of uh, like a what stays in house other, yeah yeah and them being able to call each other out like you, you yeah. being able to call out a bad cop without yeah. without losing your job yeah because losing your pension i mean that's what yeah i get it like this is your livelihood you have a yeah. family and this is what you want to do and you're yeah. like i'm going to risk this to yeah to hold someone accountable right yeah. when i shouldn't have to do this yeah, yeah. i mean it, it clearly needs to be restructured right um but i think until until also black people can can which i mean it's gonna take healing like obviously they're so angry there's so many years of of all that but until you can recognize like not all cops are bad cops Mm. um there are definitely a few bad apples (laughs) maybe more than a few from what we've seen right like, just in documentaries and stuff but um it's gonna take work on both sides yeah i i would like to see more of a police presence like in the in the inner city like just yeah. just be around just like how I many office yeah like we see a lot of times we see the videos with the cops playing yeah, basketball with the kids do, yeah, yeah. stuff like that i would like to see more of that or like just to get to know your community yeah. and eat and eat in the restaurants in yeah. that community or even just like after all this was going down just i mean i guess fear was a case but just like having like a town hall and just saying like look like yeah you know talk to us about what know, are your concerns right like, i know what, i know yeah. you guys are upset i know this is feel like how can we help you yeah and i even like during the black lives uh, matter protest you did see some cops like some some police departments handled it yeah so handled it so well, well. yeah and then they some really people did. just and yeah some, because you gotta realize you're dealing with people that are hurt and yeah. and it's not like this was building up and this has been building up for, for decades. decades yeah decades and i don't know like you and people just are desperate yeah they're desperate yeah because you feel like there's no hope if mm-hmm. if if i can't depend on the police then who who do I go to? Then it's like, okay, well, I need to take matters in my own hands or I need mm-hmm. to, you panic, mm-hmm. you know? And so I would, I would like to see more dialogue with the police and, and, and these communities and let people just vent. And then you can kind of hear, hear how they feel and, and, and kind of get things from their perspective. Yeah. Like we said, talk, <laughs> it just comes down to conversation. Yeah. It really does. Um, but I think, yeah, 
yeah, like you have to make a conscious effort. Mm-hmm. You have to make a conscious effort. But but also, um, yeah, I I was gonna say I think also when 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 black people can also see the face of someone they know and love right. in a police uniform. Right. Yeah. It makes you less scared as well. Like yeah. both sides are panicking. Right. right. And then like tensions get so high. That's yeah. why things get so escalated because there's no trust. You know, like I'm not going to like if I'm a black man, I'm not going to trust this police officer to do the right thing. Right. And as I'm a police not, officer, I'm already coming into this situation. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay, this is, this is how this is going to go down. This, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so both sides have their guard up. Both sides are panicking, mm-hmm. which means <clears throat> oftentimes I know like we've watched videos and stuff where we're just like, Oh, like, don't like, don't get so angry. Right. Like, right, don't, right like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Like, just like the situation c- could always be diffused. Right. But it can't because both sides are, yeah. their guards are up. Yeah. And they're so angry. And, and I think it wasn't until, I'm just going to talk about my grandma, uh, <laughs> my granny. So she, I think she's like the perfect example because she was raised to be very racist. She was born in Fort Scott, Kansas in the height of segregation. Mm-hmm. She grew up going to segregated schools. She had no black friends. Um, her father, for sure, used the N-word. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was the normal. Her brother. Right. Still to this day. Like Good old Donnell. Good old Donnell. <laughs> That's how he refers to black people. Now, mind you, he's come around to loving me, but... There's somehow and, and, an exception to the race. At Granny's funeral, one of his best friends that he talked to the entire time was an older black man. For real? Yeah. So I don't think it's like he truly even believes what he's saying. But I think it's like you said, like an exposure thing. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. They were never exposed, right? Yeah. So of course the universe gave my sweet Granny <laughs> a biracial <laughs> grandchild. Of course. That she fell in love with and. She, even when I was born, I'm light, right? I had straight hair most until like puberty hit. Mm-hmm. And that she could not, she could pretend that I wasn't mixed, right? right? right. My black family wasn't around. Yeah. It was easy to pretend in her head that I wasn't mixed. So my white family never considered me black, right? right? Um. And so she always, for the longest, literally prayed, hoped and prayed that I would marry a white man, right? <laughs> really? Like, really, was really <laughs> worried that I would marry a black guy. Mm. And that's why you were, like, the perfect situation. Because when you look at you, when anyone looks at you, you fit the bill of the exact black man she would be scared of. Right. You're big. You're darker. Um, you grew up in the inner city. Mm-hmm. Like, everything about you on paper would be exactly who she was scared of. Right. right? But you're so gentle. You're so nice. You're so loving. And, like, truly to know you is to love you. I mean, mm. you just have this energy about you. 
And so she quickly fell in love with you. Like there was, there was no way around it. But I, I never felt anything like from like any like. No, no. I always felt welcome, or I mean, I think she was nice. Yeah, yeah. She was raised to be racist, but she did not raise her kids right to be racist. So obviously, although she was raised to be racist, she knew something was wrong with it because clearly, <laughs> my mom was not racist. Right. So, um, and my mom's dad, not racist. So my grandma, although she was raised to be racist, she thought that black people should be treated equally to white people. She did not think the races should mix. That was very much, you know. Right. Um, that was, and she, she worried about what everyone would think. Yeah. Like that was very much like when I was growing up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what's so funny is that all of her great grandkids are brown. <laughs> Everybody's brown. Everyone's brown. Yeah. But she she changed. Mm-hmm. She changed so much, and I wouldn't even credit that change. I mean, I I caused some of the change, but it wasn't really until you you where she can kind of cause so much of the right. change, and and because for the first time with you. She could place your face on the oh, body of those, yes, yeah, men being murdered by right. the police. And that was the first time where she was like, oh, wait a second. Right. You know? Because before it was like, I think a lot of white people, I know a lot of white people just assume that, okay, but these, these guys, maybe they shouldn't have been killed, but they were doing something wrong. Right. Right. Yeah. Right? Like, oh... Um, like, yeah, that's, that's too bad, but, but yeah. they shouldn't have fought back or they yeah, shouldn't all have you been do there is, in the first place. Yeah. Or, comply or something like yeah, that. Yeah. If you just don't resist arrest, yeah. then yeah, whatever. But with my grandma, it was like all of a sudden, like, wait, that could be Ricky. Mm. And it changed everything. It completely changed the game. I mean, she stopped going to her brother's birthday party right. because we weren't invited and you know, I know like she took yeah. a, a real stand and had a black lives matter <laughs> sign in her yard you know like yeah. <laughs> completely flipped which shows you what exposure can do like that shows you like once you develop these true relationships with um people from different cultures and you really get to know them mm-hmm. You're comfortable in their presence. Now you're not going to panic. You're not going to, you know, like, after you, she wasn't scared of black men. Right. She's not going to hold her purse tight or cross the street or, you know, she felt completely comfortable with your family, Mm -hmm. with everyone. And um, it's just, it shows you, like, actually, it could be fixed rather easily. Yeah. I mean, but you, I mean, you'll always have the bad apples or whatever, but. And I, I do, like we said, there are no, all police aren't, aren't bad or whatever. And I just wish, I think we talked about like the media a little bit. I wish we saw more instances of yeah. police doing good things. good things, doing good things, doing good things. And I, I'm like, I'm sure during this whole thing that there were, there was a, a police department in the communities that really stood with the community. Or that really yeah, went we out of their that. way. There was a, it was in Michigan. Yeah. Where they marched with, the, with Flynn, I think, Flynn. maybe. Yeah. 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 But 
I don't think you see enough of that. You always see the the tensions, yeah. and I get it. I mean, I guess that's the the news is the nature of the beast, right? Yeah, People but just want the negative stuff. But then, like, but like back to me growing up, like I see that I see the negative, and I'm and that creates fear, mm-hmm. and that creates a fear though that was so different than your actual experience, right? But yeah. I'm like, okay, like, but I know that's not happening now, but that could happen. But it could happen, and it it wasn't so so extreme like that. That couldn't happen to me. Like, no, like this person was black like me, like. Yeah. Maybe from the same neighborhood or something like that, and or in the same in a similar situation that I could find myself in. Yeah, and I, you know, it's crazy, and that that just builds build the story I created in my head. <laughs> I will say I'm getting better. I think. I think you're getting better. Um, um. Yeah, we're getting ready to go home. Yeah. Next week, we'll see. I think more so. Yeah, still with the neighbors a little bit, but not like um, not as much fear like if I'm out at night, just like yeah. people not knowing me or. And I think you, the fear's still there, but you recognize. I recognize it, and I'm saying, okay, yeah. you're being you're being ridiculous. Like this is not gonna. Yeah. 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 Which is the first step. You recognize mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I had a. Did I see this somewhere? Or back to police brutality, like. So during the whole like segregation thing and, and you know the tension between black people long decades ago, the police were the ones that had to enforce these laws. So they had to be the the yeah, like the laws were unfair, but the yeah, police but the had police had to, had to enforce, enforce them, the laws. and so that already created a negative interaction with yeah black people and the police. Yeah, so it's so many like it's it's layers to it, and it's it it's been happening so long. But I think. It was, it kind of sucked for the police to have to be the ones to, to enforce these to laws enforce because the laws. then that, that kind of strained the relationship with, yeah, with black people. With yeah. It was already a black and white thing, but now yeah. it's the police and some of the measures that they use to enforce the law. And unfortunately, you still see it happening, happening today, today or happening. You know when we were growing up, so it is. It's it's such a hard subject, though. Yeah, it is a hard subject because I do feel, you know, with our kids, I I don't want to teach them to move from a place of fear, but I also want to allow them to be stupid teenagers, right? And I'm not sure they'll get that they'll get that chance. Yeah. yeah. Um. And that's where, I mean, to be honest, like, I don't have the answers. I go back and forth, you know, because not as much now. There is more diversity mm-hmm. where we live. But, you know, like, when I was growing up, if you were the, the black kid was going to be the one they remembered. Right. You know, like, always. Yeah. And so, um, but you, it didn't seem like there was as much violence then. At yeah. least in my city. But I don't know. Like, is it... For sure, there's always been this much violence. People didn't have just, camera phones. Yeah, you didn't like, have camera phones. Yeah. Yeah, it just... Ouch. It just... <laughs> hit my it's arm the table the there. Table, <laughs> you just didn't... Um, you didn't see it or you didn't hear about it yeah. unless you lived in those communities. Right. Um, 
So I'm I'm guessing that it's not the incidences are up. It's just that we're all seeing them. Yeah. But I think even with me, like growing up, like I didn't, I couldn't like, it wasn't like my best friend had this interaction with the police. Like it wasn't yeah. like, it was like a friend of a friend or such and such down the street did this or, you know, or yeah. so even with me, like, I don't know. I don't think it's everybody's reality. I think it's, you know, somebody who knows somebody, mm-hmm. but I think it's, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think it's like somebody in your immediate family that's, yeah. that's had this experience. It's always like somebody that you know, or you heard through the grapevine that it happened. But it's something that you know you need to. But you know you need to be, be conscious, conscious of. of, yeah. It's a tough, like, this is like, we're just it's, sharing. These are the conversations we have back and forth yeah. all the time. Like, we go back and forth like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, and, and more so now that we're raising two boys, like, I'm not, I'm not worried about myself. I'm worried about, worried my, about them. Yeah, yeah. When they start driving or even like Kennedy's driving now. Yeah. And it's like you want to, you want to teach them to make good decisions but you also know that they're gonna be boneheaded because that's what teenagers do right they're not gonna be but you don't want to install this like you have to yeah that's one of my issues in general is like you have to be better Mm -hmm. because you're black i don't like that i don't like like you're not going to censor yourself for the majority like you should celebrate like you should be able to act like you want to act Um, and be who you want to be and you shouldn't feel like, oh, but I have to behave this certain way and I have to do all of this because I'm black. Like, I hate that. I don't want to teach them that. At the same time, you know, some of it is true though. Yeah. Ah, but you're the one they're going to remember. Like it's you and a bunch of white friends. They're going to remember. They're going to remember the black one. You know what I mean? So it's like this constant back and forth where i'm like ugh, i don't know i don't know the correct approach i don't um i know we don't want to move from fear i do know that i'm 100 percent. yeah we don't want to move sure. from fear but also i don't want them to be out there and not be prepared and not be prepared <gasps> and be naive yes. and just <laughs> yeah this is this is the struggle and i guess the fact that this is our struggle even shows you like this is what black families go through. The white families don't go through this. Right. You really don't. And yeah. so I guess, I mean, that's a, that's a big, just a big thing to highlight. This is what every black family is yeah. going through. Right. Um, and I think that's the big message is like black people just want to be heard. And yeah. like we've, they've been saying it, we've been saying that this has been going on for years and years and years. And now it's like okay now all of a sudden like people are starting to okay i get it i see what you mean yeah and And i think this this is what we'll talk about next time white privilege that's a whole (laughs) another can of worms but this is the perfect example of white privilege Mm -hmm. white families don't sit around and talk like we literally how many times have we talked about this yeah so much numerous times like this is a conversation that me and you would have over breakfast Mm -hmm. back and forth what do we teach them? What do we not teach them? Do we talk about it? Like, we have to talk about it, but we don't want them to move from fear. Right. But we don't want to send them out in the world unprepared and naive. Yeah. And, like, we have this whole inner 
conflict dialogue back and forth thing that we've had for years Mm -hmm. as our as trey's gotten older when he's finally gotten to an age where we're like he could be considered a threat right with his size he could be considered a threat when you look at him you're not going to see a 13 year old boy no you know like we don't let our kids go outside with nerf guns even yeah with water guns like when we're in america Mm -hmm. we don't allow that and so it's like, to some extent, you, you do have you, to have. And that's since we are moving from a place of fear because we're. We are moving from a place of fear. But there's that, you know, there's that, that instinct, that parental yeah, instinct. Yeah, because you want to like, protect your kids. I want to protect them. Yeah. And I guess like there, like this is the perfect example of white privilege. White families aren't sitting around. They're not having this conversation. Having this conversation. Yeah. They're never having this conversation. It's not even on their radar. Right. And I think more than anything, we just kind of wanted to to bring light to like give everyone an inside view of a black family dealing with this, yeah. even though we're living in Germany and even though we don't live in the inner city, we live in the suburbs, yeah, we live but... in the suburbs, and even though we've never had a negative experience with police officers, um, it's still a very real. Conversation, yeah, and a very real struggle that we still don't know. And I think this this is kind of off the topic, but I think this relates to like there isn't just one black experience. Like you, like even though we live in Germany and we live in the suburbs, like this is still like that part is still part of our reality, a part of something that a conversation that we at least have to have with our kids, even though it it could never happen. Or yeah, you know, we feel like it's not even a legitimate. Yeah. But it's like, okay. That part of it is still there. Where yeah. It's like, yeah, but what if? Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, I'm sure a lot of these families also didn't think that it was a legitimate concern. Right. Like they knew it could happen. They never thought it would actually happen to right. one of their family members. Yeah. Crazy. So we didn't solve anything. We did not. We just. <laughs> we did. We just had our normal conversation. We just had our normal conversation. On the podcast. Still don't, we still don't know. I mean, I've thought about actually contacting the police department when we go home and taking our boys up to, to talk to them and, and to meet with them. Because I did notice after George Floyd, both with Sydney and Trey, a real fear developing mm-hmm. around police officers. Right. At home. Yeah. And so, I, I mean... I think, you know, practice what you preach, conversations, exposure. Conversations, yeah, exposures. I think that that's, you know, going to be the best approach. And um, because I don't want them to fear. Mm-hmm. And so I think we expose them. And then also say, but hey, you, you got to make smart decisions as well. Yeah. I think this, that made me think of, as a kid, like one good thing that, they had in Detroit was uh, the police athletic league and it was mm-hmm. held at the, at the gym that was right next to the police station. And a lot of people, a lot of the coaches, a lot of the people involved in the, the basketball league were police officers. Mm-hmm. And so that gave us a positive interaction. Now most of them were black, but yeah. that kind of gave us a positive interaction with, with police officers. And yeah. you, we were able to kind of like, Oh, like I know that's, you know, coach Benny, like he's also, yeah. a police officer so you when you see them on the street or something then they and the same in high school like you know like i said we had the 
police officers that would be at our schools and they, you know, talked to me because I was an athlete and just yeah. was like, you know, you know, let me know if you ever need anything or or I think if they saw us like in the street, they would tell us, okay, like be careful or yeah. you know, have fun or whatever. So yeah. I think it that would be a good idea to have our boys kind of go to the police station and And just talk to them and, and you can put a a, a face. face. Yeah. And you can be like, oh, okay, I don't need to be scared because they're not scared in Germany. No. Not at all. Like, there's no fear at all. And they, they carry guns here and, and yeah, the, the police, police officers, officers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but it's just not. There's no fear. And one of our best friends here, Stefan, is a police officer. And <laughs> right. So and they, they have a face. Yeah. You know, we can say, but oh, but look at Stefan. He's not. Right. You know, he's not scary. And so I think, I think we will do that this summer. I think we'll contact the police department. But I think that's part of like. If the police made that effort to, hey, I'm going to go to this school yeah. or I'm going to go to this community center or just say, hey, we're having this or event. churches. Yeah. Like black churches. I mean, that's. Yeah. Yeah. Like go into the black churches and, and just say like, hey, what are your concerns? Right. What are the things that you um, affecting your community the most even? Right. You know, like what are the. I mean, we watched that documentary and it had that. Um, Former Boston was it Boston? No, police officer. The one, the documentary that we just watched. Um, the KKK guy. Oh yeah, where was he? I want to say it was Boston. Maybe it was Boston. He was a former police officer, but anyways, Baltimore. Baltimore. There yeah, you go. got it. <laughs> B B B. Close enough. <laughs> B city. <laughs> um, Baltimore. But he was saying like, once he talked to the people like the drug dealers like mm-hmm. they don't want to be on the street right dealing drugs like it's very very dangerous exactly police are always after you other like other drug other dealers, drug dealers are, yeah. are after you like in general like so he's like if you just take the time to actually talk to the people that you're policing and like what are the biggest concerns in your community mm-hmm. what are you facing what what can we do to help you because that's actually what police officers do. Right. Job but is. I, I think majority of black people don't know that. Like they you don't, don't yeah. you don't Yeah, when I told you that yeah. I grew up thinking the police were there to help me, you I were thought like, you were crazy. <laughs> what are you talking about? That, like what? What? No. <laughs> yeah, like that is actually part of the job yeah. description. Huh. Right? Maybe think about this. The very first time I called the police is when remember we were gonna go to the airport <laughs> no. and this drunk kid, white kid, just showed up at our Yes. Showed up so at we were a, ringing fly, a doorbell. We were flying to Detroit and our flight left at like 6 a.m. or something yeah. crazy. And so it was like 4 in the morning, yeah. maybe 3 in the morning. We were getting ready to go to the airport. And all of a sudden our doorbell just starts just ringing, 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 yeah. ringing. And okay, Rick's always making fun of us because in Detroit, like you don't open your door. No, you don't open. It's the right now. You do not open your door. <laughs> So my first instinct was like to open the door. And he's like, are you crazy? Don't open the door. door. So he's tall enough that he could look out the windows at the top of the door. And he's like, it's a drunk white guy. Yeah. And we're like, what do we do? Like, because we don't know. Like, we don't know. We don't know like anything about the situation. Right. And my idea was like, even though he was drunk, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going out there to have this. Because you don't know, like, is this going to be a confrontation? Yeah. Violent. Like, and the police show up, they're going to see a white guy and a black, black guy. guy. And they're going to think the white guy lives there. They not won't <laughs> necess- I'm not saying they necessarily would think that, but that is a very high possibility. <laughs> That's what was going on in your that head. That was going on in my head. So I'm like, no, nah, forget this. 
We can call the police. Like, call yeah. the police, let them deal with it. And yeah. That was the first time you ever The very first time I've ever called the police. <laughs> very. And, though, like, let's be honest, though. How different might that have gone if it would have been a drunk black guy? We probably wouldn't have called the police. No. Because we would have been concerned. Yeah. I would have been like, hey. what happened to yeah. the black guy. Now, I probably would talk to him through the, through the, thing. the screen door. Yeah. But. But that's so true. I never thought about that. We would not have called the police if that would have been a drunk black guy i mean only if he got violent or anything yeah, but yeah but i would have been concerned like yeah. what's gonna happen to him first of all like what are you doing yeah how did you, <laughs> even get you get here? <laughs> because it's not like our um our subdivision is like it's Ooh, kind of far away from all, yeah from out, yeah. from the city yeah, from yeah. the the from main part the of the main city part of the suburbs so even. it's not it's like you not like you were just walking through the city and no, you no no no, 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 no. You, that's the hype but even that's what they said to the poor guy they were like yeah how did you get out here and like look you're messing up these poor people's <laughs> yeah. flowers police i was very nice they were so nice yeah yeah but i was like uh well you i'll let you handle <laughs> talking to police that's true even i did i talked to the police yeah. crazy but it's it's stuff i have to work on and i'm willing to admit that yeah yeah right but it's weird because it's coming from a a real place and, and a not. place that's, I think that's, that's not a real the, place. That's yeah. the whole conflict, the inner conflict we have. It's like, it is a reality. It's not necessarily our reality. Could it be our reality? I don't yeah. know. It, I, we don't want to be naive, but we don't want to but you don't live fear. Yeah. And it's this constant like back and forth struggle that is, is, is a very real struggle and a very real concern. And it, and it is difficult for us. Yeah. If at home, if I could drive and know that I only get pulled over because I was speeding or yeah. breaking the a traffic law, yeah. I'd be you'd be totally fine. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, but just like how even is this if I'm out? doing everything right, right, this could still end in tragedy. Yeah, and I think that's. But even it's like okay, like because me, I'm very like I said, non-confrontational. It's like okay, like how do I even navigate? being pulled over like mm -hmm. it's like um now it's like oh do i set my 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 camera up yeah, do i like, do i turn do I my camera, camera on do i keep my hands on the steering wheel like, i know what? like you want to do everything i before i like my first instance like okay like before the whole recording thing i was like okay like i need to call kara and just have her listen so yeah, she can so know was, yeah. right but it's like what is the proper protocol protocol like, hey, when we go <laughs> we yeah. go to the police station. Say there, good sir. <laughs> Please inform Let's me. Just say you were pulling me over. <laughs> what would you like me to what do? Make you feel most comfortable. But yeah. I mean, you can. Like that's a conversation we can have. That. But it's like will also ease your fears. But it, but like for most black people, it's like, well, I shouldn't be have. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have, have to, to have this, this conversation. Which is, true, like, which is true. It's not fair. Like, yeah. yes, that's not fair, because, and that is white privilege because a white man isn't going through all of this. Right, and we. I'm not going as a mixed woman. I'm yeah. not going through all of this. And you see so many videos where it's some white person who goes berserk on the police, and yeah, and nothing happens. And nothing happens. Yeah. But it's like. Are you going to get caught up in the fairness of it? Right. Because or are it's we not going fair. to look for a solution? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, we can wait. Like, we can get stuck on this isn't fair and this right. isn't right. But and that's it's not, not fair and it's not right. That's 100% yeah. the case. But we're never going to get to a solution if we get stuck here. Mm -hmm. You know? True. 
Yeah. So I, I mean, like we said, I think it takes. It, it's both sides. Like, yeah. as a community, somehow, some way, black people's got to find a way to to look at police, uh, police objectively and yeah. and be open to the conversation and and police officers have to do the same but it's yeah it's hard because there's such so much tension in that relationship and so much history and i don't know we We solve nothing solve nothing in an hour coming to you with answers we're just discussing (laughs) yeah maybe people will have answers yeah but that's you don't know if you have answers if you don't have the conversation you got to have the conversation it's always about open dialogue open discussion and i think that's really just our goal yeah. Difficult topics. Open and I, discussion. And I always feel like I have like a like as a black man, I feel like I should be like militant and like Yeah. But like my personality is just it's like not that. I'm just like I take the path of least resistance. But I think that you're also giving there's a lot of black men that feel That's the true. same as you. Yeah, yeah. And I think you're giving a voice and yeah. permission. Like right. hey, it's okay. You don't have to join that story. You don't have to it's okay if you don't feel like you relate. Right. That's I, okay. And I think the ones that are militant about it, they have a reason. They have They have a reason, absolutely. Yeah. They have a reason. And so it's I can't discredit them for saying, Oh, like you shouldn't be like this. You should give them a but chance. I'm not but sure like, that that is ever going to lead to harmony. Yeah. Which, I mean, the question, I think, with that, which is a whole nother podcast, is Mm -hmm. what's your end goal? Right. Do you actually want to come up with a solution? Do we want harmony or? Or, yeah. Yeah, what's the end goal? Yeah, because I don't, the answer is not to get rid of the police. No. Or to, to get rid of the police presence in the. Right, like, like, yeah, definitely like I don't know. you need a police presence. Yeah, I think like we said, like, I mean, training is a big part of it. And I think also having officers from that community. From that community. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's just a little bit. Even but if that's, you. The problem yeah. is, that's like the kiss of death, right? Yeah. No little. And a black person, like, I'm not going to grow up. You don't want to grow up to be a yeah, police officer. I'm going to say I'm going to grow up to be yeah. a police officer. Right. Like, everyone in your community is going to be like, oh, you're a traitor. Like, why right. would you? Yeah. But in one way, you could do it because you say, "Okay, like I've I want to change. I want to change. I've seen the the bad side of this, and I and I know that the police are ultimately here for a good thing, and I want to want to be part of the change." Huh? Yeah, I think that's all we have. Yeah, that's it. It's been real. It's been real. Thank you for listening to Permission to Be Honest. We hope you like this episode. If you have questions you want answered, topics you want to be discussed, or if you wish to be a guest on our show, then please email us at permission to be honest at gmail.com. That is permission to be honest at gmail.com. And if you like our show, please tell a friend and leave a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you. And we'll see you again very soon.